Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, trees and non-binaries, to another exciting episode of I Am The Night, the weekly episodic podcast where usually Steve Ray and I, Adam Ray, review old episodes of Batman the Animated Series, but we have a somewhat of a change of format. Steve Ray, the founder and forger of this show and editor of Dark Knight News and writer on DC Comics News, is in charge, and he and I would look through the episodes together, but he's taken it upon himself to go forth and do a very important quest. He's polishing the cat. While he's away polishing the cat, I have gone out and scoured the internet to try and find a suitable guest for this episode or two. Fortunately, he couldn't find one, so I'm here instead. (laughs) I had a wide array of people that write on Dark Knight or DC Comics News or some of my friends over at Comics in Motion who I'm certain would have been able to give a hard-hitting very in-depth, character-driven focus look on Batman. But I chose to turn to someone that I deeply respect because she appreciates and loves stories and knows animation very well. And that is, of course, the the apple of my eye, the 20 on my dice, Miss Sandy Robertson from No Ordinary Heroes. How are you doing, Miss? Sup? (laughs) I know nothing. (laughs) No, you don't. You don't know that. No, I wouldn't say that's true. I I would say that like Batman in comics isn't like your big sort of high-end love you are a gamer like me but you can appreciate the character and the great many stories you can tell about him yeah i've seen many iterations of batman over the years <laughs> yeah and this is definitely another one i we are looking at the episode blind as a bat written by mike underwood and wen len ween not wen Lean, len ween and directed by dan reaver I will apologize to my father because he's much better at researching this than i am because i don't know what number of episodes we are on but it was still a memorable episode, nevertheless, because I sincerely hope that with this set, with this series, there was so many character-defining portrayals of Batman and his villains that we were able to get something similar here. But I feel that this may be one of the most swashbuckly, and uh, not to say that camp is bad, but one of the more campy episodes that I can recall. So what did you make of this story, Miss? Um, it was... Rather hilarious. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, there was a there was a element of just like high low low stakes, low drama, but high fun to it. Because even though you got the the gritty realism of the animation done on black paper to be like a real retelling of Batman in the Night, it's still a Saturday morning kids cartoon show. Yeah, it gave me a lot of um, kind of Adam West Batman vibes. <laughs> It's good. Not like not like super that much, like not like overly so, but like not a little o- bit of that. Not over camp, but still like an essence of camp because yeah. um, the episode opens to summarize um, with a demonstration of a new Wayne Tech high advanced helicopter with all of the bells and whistles that you could expect. But of course, Bruce Wayne there is a diligent uh, inter- inter- entrepreneur and owner of this company. He wanted to make sure that there was nothing going wrong. But sure enough, Sabato- Lo and behold, Sabato- who would have guessed it? But the really fancy helicopter with all its cloaking devices and weapons had been taken over. <laughs> it had been taken over, yeah. Well, it been hijacked. <laughs> the strength of this show is that it really cuts through the gap. It gets straight to the entire incident, usually in the first couple of scenes. And sure enough, we see... I find it quite polite that... Since we learned that it's the Penguin's goons that are taking over this plane, this helicopter, I find it really polite that they played along and did the demonstration, yeah. throwing off all of the gadgetry and gears first, and then started attacking some of the people there in the demonstration. I mean, you've got to lull them into a false sense of security. Right. Because if you, if you immediately started off with, ah, we've taken it over, I feel like people would have been more 
yeah. prepared, but it's like, oh, yes, very good demonstration. Like, the but, light golf claps around for everybody. Wait, why are the guns firing at us now? <laughs> yeah, so that sudden bait and switch was actually very on the nose and a really good little twist. Also, I feel like most Batman villains do this. You yes. know, they sort of play along with the... That is very you know. true. Batman's villains are known to be very, very dramatic. Yeah. And sure enough, we get the Penguin at its most dramatic, taking this experimental aircraft for his own nefarious purposes to extort some money out of the people of Gotham and have a little bit of fun destroying public property with it at the same time. Yeah, it seems like it'll be all a very simple, easy thing for Batman to solve. Except, as the episode would or as the episode would allude to, the title, uh, in a bright flash from a car explosion, Batman is rendered blind. Even though only some bl- uh, bat species are blind, the whole blind as a bat idiom is a thing that's known, and sure enough, this unexpected handicap has been placed onto Batman, because you're right, it would be a very simple, very easy solve for him and to disable and catch the bad guys and save the day. He has to deal with this sudden weakness that's been put onto him, and it's an interesting thing to have to see him handle and manage it. Yep. His long-standing ally and medical help, uh, Leslie Tompkins, uh, swoops in to help out, and she's continuing her best to just be completely disapproving of Batman's life choices because... I mean, good honour. Yeah, because she's known... I feel like someone has to. Yeah, she's known him since he was very little. So she's seen the whole evolution of the traumatised kid into the grown-ass multi-millionaire dressing as a bat and beating up criminals. (laughs) (laughs) That evolution does really concern people sometimes. Yeah. So it's normal for her to be sceptical and she insists on his bed rest and him being bandaged up. Especially as he's so adamant to, no, I'm going to solve this even while tripping over furniture. Yep, you you were really hoping that he would fall over and break that lamp. There was a very uh, carefully placed lamp in the shot. So I was like, please, please knock into it. Please break it over. And yeah. Yep, and it went down, crash, nice and satisfying. Just to really hammer home, he is blind he is now. Blind. <laughs> he cannot do the looks. But still, it's interesting to see that like there's something about Batman's character and his spirit that even with this weakness, he's not deterred. Yeah, he still wants still, to go forth. He's not just gonna be like he's not gonna use it as an excuse to be like, oh well, I can't help right now. Like it would be a very good excuse hmm. to just sit back and be like, hey, I legit can't help you this time. But no, he's no. gotta help the people of Gotham. And he's gonna. And he's gonna. That is just the stalwart and clear, true vision of heroism he is. But he works through it, and it's good that he they, he tried to take as much bed rest as he possibly could, so that we could see the destructive capabilities of this helicopter and the very like American graffiti esque little gaggle of teenagers going in that car, going across the oh, bridge, yeah. the bridge mm-hmm. coming down. Look! Oh my God! What is that? It's a helicopter. But it's quiet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's like, it was very, to me, the intro of this helicopter being like very subtle and yeah. quiet was kind of ruined when they made it subtle and quiet, but not enough. Yeah, it <laughs> in was, the first instance, it was, it was like, aha, we're going to turn on the subtle mode. And they only ever so slightly like muted the kind of <laughs> helicopter noises. Yeah, not only so much you could muffle that noise, but then again, there are some helicopters of the 90s and of now that can be like reasonably quiet so it's a very stark sort of contrast but then again we are looking at some again early 90s 
animation. So a lot of the tech references and a lot of the culture references are going to be a teensy bit dated. But that just means that we have another layer of like unexpected irony that us 2021 viewers can look at and just be like. <laughs> but I feel like it would have it would have really added to the whole like oh yes it's this like amazing thing we can do we can make this helicopter like completely silent yeah and you can do that with animation you could just have it right. like you could have it like almost nothing or literally have nothing yeah that would, and that would make it seem you know more impressive and a bit more spooky as well yeah uh, I feel like, like I think that like it is kind of genuinely terrifying if you looked up and saw this completely silent helicopter yeah. flying above you yeah like this is also coming in a world where people can take a serum and devolve into a man-bat-like hybrid and people can grow multiple feet in height and immense muscle after taking some venom. So yeah, the the lot, the line of science fiction that they walk is tight enough. They could have potentially made this like even more high-tech, but uh, yeah, it's a design choice that I, I still respect them for, but yeah, it could have I been feel even like more maybe... Um, they really wanted to use the kind of helicopter sound effects yeah. in certain scenes, and that's why they didn't. Yeah. But they, they, that was a, it was a design choice. Yeah, it, it, we do ultimately love the show, and we do recognize this episode to be like one of the more like high swashbuckle, high camp. That some of the, some of the choices maybe just didn't necessarily land, but like in essence, it was still an episode that was a lot of fun. Yeah, particularly with the villain pulling off his grand. Ice to be able to use this helicopter and then it ransom it. I find it quite delightful. And this is something that I've mentioned as a joke quite a lot. The character designs in the show are very consistent. And it's quite interesting to see that we get not one, but two really big sort of stark looks that are changed between some of the more recognizable characters. And I find it so interesting that throughout the entire episode, we see the penguin dressed as like a classic aviator. Yeah. With a big white scarf. And the, uh, the, the hat helmet, with the goggles. The hat with the goggles. And I'm just wondering, what would the point of the goggles be? Because he's always wearing his monocle. Aesthetic. Aesthetic? Aesthetic. He's, got, he's, he's stealing a helicopter, so he's got to look like a proper aviator? Yeah. I mean, it's all about the theatrics, right? Yes, they, he is very like, theatrical. Would, would it really be worth it if you're not also dressed up? Oh, you've got to look the part. Yeah. You've I really... feel like this is just part of kind of the Batman villain things. Like, you've got to live up to your name. You've got to live up to, like, the high theatrics of all of it. I mean, you're going to be fighting a man who's dressed like, dressed a, bat. like a bat. Yeah. Like, you can't be outdone. Yeah, that's true. You've got to live up to your thing. You've got to be extra theatric and bombastic. And now that yeah. I think about it, it works doubly so because the classification for this helicopter was the Raven. The Raven. <laughs> so it would be even more on brand for the Penguin to steal a bird-themed... I was about to say bird-flavoured. 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 But still, the other interesting choice because after a while batman has enough he says i've got to try and deal with the penguin one way or another and uses the uh thermal imaging sort of radar visual tech the same tech that the helicopter actually has the same tech that's in the helicopter to be able to make himself a sort of visor that he wears under his mask which gives him the bright red eyes as opposed to the white eyes that we know him for oh, it's, i love it yeah you, you said you really liked it you thought it was spooky yeah i really love what they did with uh, having the red eyes, the red eyes to show, like you know, it's a little bit different. Something's something different's happening, and of course, uh, as we find out later in the episode, when stuff begins to go wrong, yes, because uh, you can see shots obviously where the red eyes gone, and it's just this dull grey. Yeah, we see sure enough that um, 
yeah, Batman sets himself into the fray, and there's a great sort of aerial dogfight between the helicopter and the the Batman. Some of the distribution of damages that these aircraft take is, doesn't necessarily match up because you drop multiple bombs on the helicopter, and it just and skids it, to the ground. Yeah. Whereas uh, Batman's plane gets shot once, and it's like, nope, everything's down. We're going to explode in thirty seconds. <laughs> it's very, it's very polite that the computer knows exactly how long it's yeah. gone. Yeah, then again, the back computer is one of the most advanced computers out there, so it could reasonably calculate all of that stuff. But sure enough, rushing from the explosion, we find out that Batman's visors very heavily damaged, and after a while, he is blind again. Oh no, no, it's not that it's damaged. It's that he doesn't take out the jack properly. Uh, we... He destroys the jack <laughs> because then his visor begins the the worst process you could possibly imagine running out of battery. <laughs> yep, we've all been there. We've all really needed to recharge. We've looked down. We've broken our charger. It's happened to all of us, and apparently, and it, it even happened to Batman. That's exactly what happened to Batman, and because the charge is going out, he's now also losing his sight again. It's so very dramatic as he is able to lose the lose the bad guys after their helicopter crashes but it still remains remarkably intact um he is able to lose the guys in a big sort of smelting refinery but i preferred the name you gave the, the <laughs> setting for the final battle lava factory the lava factory because it looked like there was like lava going in through those channels and it, coming out of things it that. just looked like a stereotypical like high fantasy lava factory because <laughs> they manufacture lava yeah yeah that's the look that they were doing yep in our D games we've certainly seen your character running around in a lava factory yep it was actually really good a really good sequence but sure enough we see batman running through the lava factory with a lot of his senses hampered uh it's quite nice to note if you look at the uh end credits all of the jokers go not jokers joker um, on the brain favorite villains all <laughs> penguins goons have bird themed uh names i don't you can't quite say which one follows him into the lava factory because that's all I'm going to call it now. Yep. Uh, but sure enough, there's a brief tussle between Batman caught in a conveyor and the goon swirling and fighting with chains to eventually the final confrontation between Bat and Bird. But of course, not everything is good. No. Because at this point, Batman's battery is completely low. Battery he has no low. sight. And the penguin's noticed. The penguin has noticed and finds out that he's blind pretty quickly, pretty quickly by throwing around a screwdriver. Yeah. Just that one screwdriver, just be like, ah, oh, you can't turn over here. Oh, he might be over there. Which I find quite interesting because we've seen some shots in this series, and I'm sure you've seen from a lot of like the Christian Bale movies, the extent of his training. Yeah. Some of his training does require him to be in pitch dark rooms but still take out combatants. Yeah. There are elements where I'm kind of confused as to why Batman being blind, sure, it's a huge downside, it's a huge weakness, but it's not something that would necessarily encounter him. And we see him start to eventually overcome that as the episode draws to its conclusion. Yeah. But we see him bump into things, we see him knock down the, He's that load all of over barrels. The place. He, He's... Is, he is all over the shop, it's true. So I am wondering if they were able to incorporate some of Batman's blind sense in a way sort of like rogue's blind sense yeah um to be able to overcome this but sure enough it, there is more peril to it if batman's in trouble yeah and it makes it makes sense like narratively you want to have like, a bit of tension when you've got like the penguin and batman facing off against each other you want to have the penguin to have some kind of 
yep. advantage. Yep, and we see Batman really through the ringer because he has the very clear chance to escape it because he's blind. He walks he right past it. He the obvious exit sign. But you can't see that it's the exit sign. But then again, Batman wouldn't take it because he's being chased down by a villain yep. and the villain mm-hmm. needs to be brought to justice. And it comes to the convenient... Uh, gangplank over the lava. lava. <laughs> that he almost, the Batman almost falls into because there was no railing on that one particular end piece. Gotham's not a safe <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever works in this lava factory. The lava like, the factory. Health, and safe, health and safety looks awful. Uh, they need to get a safety fan and bureaucratic wunderkind in there to just try and make sure that everything is safe. But sure enough, with uh, the convenient luck that uh, Penguin's gun umbrella has run out of bullets and the sl- swipes here and there leads Batman up to some of the big uh, water pipes yep. flooding the chamber with steam allows him to mm. take down the I penguin. mean they're, they're on an even playing field right? They are on an even with playing With it all steam neither yep. the penguin can see anything so Yep and with that sort of even balance Batman's training would be able to help him through so he can identify the coughing and spluttering penguin to easily take him down and tie him up with his own bright white aviator scarf. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the episode closes with a nice poignant moment of our main heroes rewarded with his sight returning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, a thing we like to do is we like to credit the uh, supporting cast, and there's no new characters per se other than the Penguin and Bird themed goons, but we get returning performances of Jonah Moldella as. Leslie Tompkins and Paul Williams as the Penguin. And they're honestly solid, strong voice acting performances. And we get the conniving, mischievous, and the wait, 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 Penguin laughter that we know and love of that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said I really loved, because I, I obviously don't know as much about Batman as you, obviously, but like I was just really enjoying the animation because yep. in uh, quite a lot of it, we are seeing through. Batman's quote-unquote eyes using this technology and the way they've done it it's this black and red like very uh silhouetted yeah like very stylized thing and I really love that yeah it was a very it's a nice thing it's interesting when you see it from kind of like a third person's perspective as you would regularly see it and then you see it from Batman's point of view the exact same scene yeah and it's really interesting to see the differences you get to the shot to be able to like compare it to like how it would be in that sort of like infrared sort of scanner look. Yeah. And it must be nice for the animators and the illustrators to be able to like put a different sort of hue onto it, to be able to put it on that deep red and just sort of work with shapes, just to be able to sort of play around with the media because this is like the last and the last shreds of media out there that it was still that classic hand-drawn animation. We've seen a lot of like kids' media sort of move away from that. So being able to see it still done so well back then translated into a slightly different way it was a really nice and rewarding thing to sort of nice i'm glad you brought that up yeah no i thought that was really cool and i liked obviously because he had his uh special helmet yep. to help him see changing his eyes to be red and then during fight scenes during dramatic moments seeing it flickering between red and this gray just a little subtle hint to show like the danger and build up tension. Yeah. I liked it. It's good choices. Really good choices. It's good to be able to show that they were like visual design choices that mirrored the tension and the fact that he was able to get that sort of response out of his viewers is a really nice thing to be able to pull off and it just shows how strong the little changes to what we would expect could eventually lead into something more exciting. Yeah. Even if you did notice there was a huge flaw in 
Penguin's plan. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, he was trying to um, like extort a, was it a hundred million? Yes. A hundred million from the city of Gotham uh, in to return this plane, this, yeah. the helicopter. Um, except <laughs> when he arrives, believing that he's going to be given this money, he arrives with his goons to the conveniently placed uh, briefcase. And then all I could think of was, wait, if you're, if you are actually going to hand over this plane, this helicopter, I'm going to keep saying plane. That's fair. Hand over this helicopter. How are you going to get away? Where's your, where's your like escape vehicle? It, uh, we would hope that there would probably be one just waiting in the wings, but that things. Uh, but there wasn't necessarily any clear plan for that. I personally think that especially as he still had his goons in the in the helicopter, it's like yeah, he that... was never planning to hand it over. How dare he? Yeah, that was my thinking as well. He's that <laughs> sneaky and conniving enough that he would just like take the money and keep the helicopter anyway because it would be a perfect getaway vehicle and way for him to sow more chaos and destruction. Yeah. But sure enough, we can count, always count on Batman, blind or not, to be able to bring the bad guy to justice. And be dramatic about it. Be so very dramatic yeah. about mm-hmm. it. Because there's a lot of high drama here in the nightlife of Gotham City. So, a thing we like to do to close up each episode here on I Am The Night and something you get to do now. <laughs> what was your big takeaway from the episode? Your favourite thing that you really wanted to just like highlight on good or bad? I just really liked uh, the animation with yep. the kind of infrared. I love that. Yep. To be I able- thought that was really cool being able to see the same shots just from slightly different perspective, slightly like more like stylized and really dramatic. I thought it was really cool. It is really I'm cool. glad they kept using that. Yeah, it is really cool. They were able to really get the same shots but different and it's good to show his perspective like that. It's also good to just sort of play around with the animation style in this series is usually really consistent. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they were able to sort of move away from that in a way that fit the story but was still that we were following what was happening, but was still different enough that we were like, whoa, this is exciting. We're seeing a whole new perspective. Honestly, I would say the exact same. And I can also say along with this was a very strong Penguin episode, and it was a very strong dynamic between Batman and Leslie Tompkins, a very key character in Batman Canon for a very long time. We see her as this frustrated medical practitioner dealing with his antics, but will still always help. Just doing the right thing. As she will reluctantly help and go along with his crazy schemes. But God, does he need to just chill down? Chill out. Chill out. Sometimes <laughs> he really does. It's true. And even when he does, he still finds a way to sort of reset, recover, and then eventually go and bring the bad guy down. Mm-hmm. So that was Blind as a Bat from us talking about it here on the I Am the Night podcast. Adam, here with the very special guest, Sandy Robertson. Where can the lovely listeners find you? Because while you may not be super known for your comic stuff, you are big in the world of indie strange gaming. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, lover of games. So me and my partner in crime, Renee, have a YouTube channel, uh, No Ordinary Heroes, where we play various <laughs> various video games. Uh, and yeah, it's just all a bit of fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I've been a follower on there for a long time. And I've been the dungeon master for their Dungeons and Dragons games yes. on there. We also post uh, our <laughs> versions of our live streamed D&D games. Yep. That was, that's always a lot of fun to get involved in those. And they are coming back very soon. Yes. 
But as for little old me, for comics-flavored things, you can catch me reviewing multiple titles a month on Dark Knight News, but uh, currently Catwoman and Suicide Squad are in amazing spots right now. But for my true love of PC and tabletop gaming, you can find me writing about that on Fantastic Universes, on our newly launched Patreon website, which gives you advanced access and some special episodes of our podcasts for those who are willing to join the Fantastic Nation. The visual media, alongside Dungeon Mastering Games on No Ordinary Heroes, you can find various Let's Plays on me and my friends, also featuring Sandy yeah. for mm-hmm. many a time, over on The Hostile Atmosphere on YouTube. Thank you for listening. This has been the I Am The Night podcast. I Am The Night. Sandy Robinson, she is the night. Yay. And together, <laughs> <I wasn't here. laughs> and together we are the knights. Thank you for listening, but until next time, read more comics and watch more Batman. <laughs>